Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to a Big Brother Canada 10 game recap for one of the final three slash four that we have here on Big Brother Canada 10. I am here, your host, Taryn Armstrong, to talk through everything that we have seen from these final three players uh, and we don't really know who exactly the final three are, so we're just gonna guess and or do all of them. We'll see. But for now, I am here to talk through one of the people who we know is going to be in the final three, and that is Josh. We will be going through Josh's game all the way back from week one to now here in the final three and we will see uh just what he has done to get here uh the the pros and cons the strengths and weaknesses of josh's game and uh we'll get through it all here that is our purpose that is our goal and that is what we will do now i've done these for a while now i always like to experiment with them try different kinds of ways of doing this different formats different methods different ways of telling the story sometimes it's just like a huge list of things that they've done and i feel like the story gets lost and so um i thought maybe this time i would try something a little bit different and see if i can go a little more story but like citing my work a little bit so uh, i'll just kind of like drop in like the days that things happened if you want more details you can go to the live feed update from that day if you want to hear more details about what i'm talking about if i drop the day that it happened we'll see how it goes i don't know it'll be fun it'll be like um you know i just wrote a school paper again you know that's great anyway let's talk about josh's game Josh, who right now is looking like the front runner to win the whole thing as both the HOH and the veto 
holder at Final Four will be in the Final Three and has a good chance to win if he wins the Final Three HOH. Not to mention the fact that it's looking like um, he might have somebody else there in the Final Three who's willing to take him to the end and probably lose to him. So, how did he get here? Let's rewind. Rewind the tapes. Let's go back to the very beginning, to where it all started in week one when Josh entered the game uh, pretending to be a marine biology student instead of a doctor, uh, which they still don't know that he's a doctor. So, you know, kudos to him there. Now, here in the first week of Big Brother Canada 10, there's not a lot that we can talk about because the feeds were not on and we are entirely reliant on the episodes for what happened here. But what we can say is that uh, Herman won the HOH. He created the Savage Seven, which was the first big majority alliance of the season, uh, which did include Josh. So, good job. Uh, He nominated... Jess and Melina for eviction. Um, some other alliances formed, though. Uh, in particular, we had Marty, Moose, Kyle, and Gino, which had many names and many replacements. Uh, the Mandems was created. The Retreat was an alliance. Uh, the Honey Bunch was a thing. But the main structure was the Savage Seven, and the main people who controlled the structure were Herman, Moose, Kyle and Gino, um, as they had a lot of their uh, a lot of you know, fingers in a lot of pots. Uh, is that a is that a? I'm just picturing Pooh Bear, but um, Jess won the veto, ruining the plans of Herman, and he had to name a replacement. That replacement was Kevin. Uh, Kevin went up on the block to replace Jess against. Melina. Now, to hear Kevin tell it, uh, Helena was another option for nomination, and uh, they were in an alliance already at this point, and so um, he uh, he took one for the team a little bit. Who knows how true this is? We didn't have feeds, but either way, Kevin went up on the block next to Melina, and Melina was evicted. That's what happened here in week one. Those are the basics. We're going to start with the basics, and then we're going to run through how Josh was involved in all of it. Uh, now, here in week one, there's no stock watch rating. We had no feeds. We had no roundtable for week one. There's nothing here in terms of how we were analyzing Josh at the time. Um, but what we can kind of figure out is that, you know, Josh was safe from being one of the first three HOH winners. Remember that first HOH, there were three winners and they opened some doors. Remember those doors? Remember when we thought they would be something? Well, Herman opened the right door, but Josh opened a safety door, which meant he was safe. And to hear the episodes tell it, this is why he was included in the Savage Seven. He was one of the people that was, hey, he proved himself in a competition. He's one of three people that's safe. Let's bring him in. Um, He was also, of course, in the Honey Bunch, that first four alliance that Summer started. I'm going to refer to the Honey Bunch a couple of times because technically it existed, but it had basically no relevance to the game whatsoever. So you ever hear me say the honey bunch you can just ignore it basically um now he was included in the savage seven josh but he didn't really have any solid connections within the savage savage seven at four at first at least um he did have a connection to betty a little bit um but his main connection was to jay who was not in the savage seven and uh josh didn't feel like he really got along with a lot of people within this majority alliance he didn't really fit in very well so 
that's kind of Josh's week one from what we know. Heading into week two, Marty wins the HOH, and Marty is looking to target Jay. Uh, Josh is number one in the game. Not great. Uh, Now, Marty needs a pawn to put up next to Jay. He would love to put up Steph because he doesn't like Steph, Um, you know, but he made a deal with Steph in the HOH, and he can't go back on a deal. So uh, he considers nominating Jess, but Jess puts in good work with him and he doesn't want to nominate Jess. He considers nominating Kevin, but Kevin puts in good work with him and he doesn't want to nominate Kevin. So he ultimately decides to put Jace on the block as somebody that's close with Steph. And, uh, you know, when he talked to Gino about putting up Jace, Gino was like, yeah, sure. Uh, And he didn't make a deal with, with Jace. So Jace, Jace and Jay, Jay and Jace, they are the nominees here for Marty. Now, Marty's plans somewhat upset by the fact that Jace wins the veto and he has to uh, once again nominate somebody else to replace Jace as the pawn sitting next to Jay. Now, again, he considers Jess to some degree, but again, Jess puts in good work. He again considers Kevin. Everybody is telling Marty that he should put Kevin on the block as a pawn. That's the easy answer. But Kevin, again, puts in some good work with Marty and Ultimately, he decides he's going to put Betty on the block as a pawn next to Jay. Why, you might ask? Well, Kevin and Jess had put in some pretty good work with Marty, as I already talked about. They had kind of convinced him and Kyle that there was maybe some sort of weird alliance going on that involved Betty and Summer and some of the other people within the Savage Seven. So Marty decided to blindside Betty as a pawn to see what kind of reactions he would get. And of course, they were shocked. They scurried away because they were like, what do we do now, our ally? Or they were just surprised because you didn't tell anybody, Marty. But there you go. Betty goes on the block next to Jay. And this is going to seal Jay's fate. Um, Now, in terms of the alliances this week, again, the Savage Seven is still pretty locked in. The Retreat still pretty locked in. All of the alliances are still decently on the same page that they seemed to be the week before. But again, this is the first week that we're seeing them on the feed. So for all we know, they were different. We just assumed they were like this before. But anyway, the one change is that in the four person guy alliance that had consisted of Marty, Moose, Gino and Kyle, uh, Marty has decided he would like to replace Moose with Herman. Herman is a steadier presence. Moose is too much of a wild card. Moose has been talking about how Herman is very dangerous in the game and he wants to take him out. So uh, he's just kind of all over the place a little bit. He wants Moose out of the alliance. He wants Herman in the alliance. Uh, And that's going to be in the process of, you know, like the the ticket is in. They'll get to it. They're going to work on replacing Moose with Herman in that alliance. That's the major shift of the week. And Jay is ultimately evicted. now. How does Josh play into all of this? Well, uh, on day seven, he's going to commiserate with Jay. Um, He would love to use the veto on Jay if he wins it, but he doesn't win it. This is when we learned that Jay was basically Josh's number one in the game. Uh, We also learned that despite being included in the Savage Seven and the Honey Bunch, Josh doesn't really talk game with anyone. Even with Jay, it's just like, hey, we're together. We're cool. I want to use the veto on you. But there's not really any like 
strategizing or long-term thoughts from Josh in any way. Um, and people have caught on to this. People find it a little bit sketchy that he's not really talking game with anyone. He must be talking game with somebody. So the fact that he's not talking game with me is very dangerous. We see examples of this on day nine and day 10 from numerous sources. Um, and because of this, he's not really included in a lot of game talk and it becomes a self sort of, uh, a perpetuating cycle of just, I don't talk game with them. They get sketched out that I don't talk game with them. So they don't talk game with me and so on and so forth. Uh, it definitely limits Josh here in the early portion of the game. He does try to campaign to keep Jay, but uh, it doesn't really go anywhere. Jay doesn't really have much of a chance to stay here. Um, the one thing that it does do for him is that it does bond him to Jess a little bit here because Jess was also campaigning for Jay to stay. Um, doesn't really get him that far in the game, but it's worth noting. So we head into week three. Kyle wins the HOH. And this is, of course, when we thought everything was going to be fine. Uh, I mean, fine for for Kyle, at least. We thought everything was going to be steady and chill. And this big structure was just going to start to crush everybody's hopes and dreams that Betty would be leaving. And initially, the idea was to target Betty or Jess, one of the outsiders, essentially. Betty, because Betty wasn't a fan of Kyle and uh, would be an easy person to take out, not included in any of the real structural elements of the strategic game. Uh, and Jess, because Kyle had kind of caught on to Jess a little bit, that Jess was trying to play a very individual game and talk with everybody. And if everybody felt like they had Jess, then does anybody really have Jess? And honestly, both of those were pretty good ideas for Kyle. But... He started thinking some more. He got it in his head that Steph would rather that Steph should leave because she would like to uh, take a shot at him or Gino because he had heard that her and Jace had talked about that. Now, they had, but it was not exactly like they were actually going to do anything about it anytime soon. And and Steph was a vital part of Kyle's power structure here in this week. Um Now, he had heard this from Moose, who was just kind of talking, just kind of being like, yeah, of course, they're saying those things. He didn't really have any purpose for it. Um, And so uh, ultimately, though, it it leads to him deciding he wants to target Steph. Part of the reason I'm not going to go into all of the explanations. I could I could spend an hour just on explaining Kyle's HOH. But either way, he wanted to go after Steph. He felt like it wouldn't piss anybody off except for himself. Um, and so, uh, he also, of course, considers, uh, Kevin as somebody that could go up on the block. But again, Kevin has been putting in some good work with Kyle, makes him feel like, uh, like, hey, shouldn't go with Kevin. Helena also at this point doing some good work. Helena had also done some good work in the prior week. Um, she hadn't really been an option for Marty, but, uh, that's because she had already put in that work with Marty. Um, she's also put in some very good work with Kyle, so she's not really an option here either. Um, Now, Josh is an option for Kyle, and uh, Kyle is one of the people that's been sketched out by Josh not talking a lot of game. Marty is going to be pushing pretty heavily for Josh to go, but with all of these different options, Kyle is first set on Steph. Uh, Now, that changes, of course, when he ends up telling Steph that she's going on the block. Moose gets involved in the argument. We get the uh, famous... Where's Moose? That's how he got involved. That's wild. It is wild. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we we get uh, Kyle realizing that Moose is giving an award-winning performance. Oh, my gosh. What Moose is doing, this is an award-winning performance. And then Kyle talks about being in sport media. My degree is not in English. It is in sport media. So 
he wants to target Moose instead. And he nearly puts Betty on the block next to Moose as the pawn. Um, but instead, in a twist of convoluted logic, which, again, if you want the details of, you can go back to this time during the live feed updates where I explain it extensively. But uh, he gets a little twisted around in his head. He decides to put up Steph next to Moose anyway, even though he's no longer targeting her. One of the reasons why is that he feels like he needs Steph to compete against Moose in the veto. I'm not going to get into it. Moose wins the veto. Uh-oh. Now what does Kyle do? He's got Steph on the block, and at this point he finally is convinced by Marty to put Josh up. Um, he's never really trusted Josh. He's talked with Josh a bit this week, but it's time to put Josh up. He sees him as a huge threat. He thinks that he's the tie of the season, which, I mean, not a bad call, ultimately. Uh, and he wants to take him out. So he replaces Moose with Josh. The problem is that by this point, Kyle has pissed off the entire house about five times over, and they are very much ready to flip on Kyle. Uh, and so, um, you know, not only has he wiggle woggled back and forth, that's that's where my head is at with all of the the wishy washy back and forth. We're now at wiggle woggling. Uh, Kyle is now feeling like or the house is now feeling about Kyle that he's uh, he's lost it. He's King Kyle. He's got to go. He's got the messiest HOH of all time. I've got plenty of clips about it. I'm not going to play any of them because I've got too many to choose from. Uh, he's also blown up half of the alliances in the house. The retreat. Boom. Gone. Savage seven. Boom. Gone. Uh, the, the the four person Marty Gino Kyle Moose slash Herman boom gone it's all gone all the structure it's it's demolished it's chaos and who's climbing the ladder it's Kevin uh so the house is ready to flip on Kyle at this point Kevin wants to make sure that it's a blind side good old Kevin looking out for us it's a blind he wants to make sure it's a blind side. Kevin's also going to put in some work to flip Marty against Kyle. Uh, Josh is going to talk with Marty and um, decide and and get Marty to want to work with him. um, And they make a a final two. So uh, that's kind of where the house is moving at this point. Right. And as I said, the retreat gone, Savage Seven gone, the four person alliance thing gone. Uh, There are other attempts at alliances that that start this week and end this week that start next week and end next week. But the basic alliance structure kind of thing doesn't ever really come back into play for basically the rest of the season. But we'll try to keep you updated on the alliances as we move. By this time, also, like the Mandams and the Honey Bunch are both kind of non-existent, not really functioning, not really meeting, not really talking much, uh, basically don't exist. Um, And ultimately, we do see that Steph is blindsided and sent home uh and uh, of course kyle is also blindsided by this and jace is blindsided by this and we get this you really suck at lying which is great hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, what is Josh doing this week? He ended up on the block. Whoa. Well, at the start of the week, he was like, oh, Kyle's HOH. I don't, I don't want to talk to Kyle. Uh, can I just not talk to Kyle? And Jess had to be like, dude, no, you need to talk to Kyle. This is on day 13. Uh, on day 14, he does eventually talk to Kyle a few times, but it still doesn't, he still doesn't give Kyle much, leaving Kyle to consider Josh as an option if needed, which of course he was. Uh, then on day 18 and 19, these are the first days that we see the seeds of Josh and Kevin starting to get together. Now, this is after Josh has been put on the block by Kyle. He was told by Kyle that he's going on the block. He's like, I think that's a mistake. And Kyle's like, I don't think it's a mistake. Um, it's at this point that Kevin starts working on Josh. Kevin really tries to make it seem like he is the one orchestrating the flip to save Josh. Now, the numbers were were pretty much already there. Kevin's not exactly making this happen, but he is making sure it's a blindside and he is checking in with people and making sure that everything's okay. Um, the thing that he does the best here is to take credit for a lot of it. Uh, so he's doing that with Josh and really building this relationship, making it feel like he's working the whole house to keep him around. Josh does some minimal campaigning here, day 18 and 19. Um, but what he does do is effective. He has some decent relationships at this point, social relationships, uh, strategic relationships, not as much at this point, but those basically because he has good uh, social relationships, people feel like not only do they want to keep Josh to spite Kevin, or sorry, to spite Kyle, but they also feel like this is a great time to cash in. By saving Josh, they can convert their social relationship into a strategic one. Um, and all of them feel like that's happening. Josh is going to later refer to this as them making an assumption that is, hold on, what did he, he said this, he said this before the feeds went down, shortly before the feeds went down, which I thought was a, a pretty decent explanation for how Josh views his relationships in the game. He said, the hard thing is that I had to backstab a lot of people to get here, but it wasn't really a backstab. They just had a, a different assumption than everyone else. And that assumption was that we were really close. Um, that's kind of the thing. He had good social relationships with people. He was able to bond with them personally. Then when things like this happened and they saved him from eviction, they felt closer to him because they felt like they had now opened up that personal relationship into a strategic one. But from Josh's point of view, it he he had no gratitude, nothing, no, no amount of strategic connection there. You kept me great. Uh, the person that I was talking strategy to, that was Kevin. And that's going to matter as we move forward in the game. So uh, 
Now, he of course does do some good work here with Marty. This is the most active that Josh is in his campaign. Most of the campaigning is just checking in with people and them saying, yeah, I'm going to keep you. Um, With Marty, it was a little more complicated. Kevin did the bulk of the work to flip Marty against Kyle, but Josh really came in and sealed the deal, uh, really won over Marty. Marty felt very good about Josh for a little while here in the game and, uh, and really wanted to work with him. So... Josh, of course, is going to survive this week. Steph is going to be blindsided and evicted. And we head into week four, where Gino wins the HOH. Now, Gino initially would love to target either Betty or Tanisha, but he's just been blindsided. And he and and Kyle sucks at lying. You really suck at lying. And he thought that Chase turned on him and Chase thought he turned on her. It was a whole thing. But they ultimately found out that Marty was the real betrayer. Um, But he doesn't actually want to go after Marty. He thinks that that can be repaired. Um, He's going to nominate Marty for optics. His idea is that by nominating Marty, he is going to scare everybody else into submission. Nobody's going to want to betray Gino in the game because this is what happens when you betray Gino. He puts you up and then you win the veto. I don't think that actually that was the plan. He, he actually wanted Marty to win the veto. So I guess that was what he wanted. But either way, Marty goes up as for, for optics and Jess goes up as a pawn, somebody expendable to Gino. Jess, who had previously done some great work to keep themselves off the block, unable to get to break through to Gino and prevent themselves from going up, going up in the block this time around. Um, now, the real target here is, again, potentially either Betty or Tanisha. Betty, if he wants to take a small shot, Tanisha, if he wants to take a big shot, because at this time, that whole rumor mill that started all the way back with Jess primarily in week two during Marty's HOH, that Tanisha was the head of the snake, that she was the glue that kept everyone together, that she was the mastermind. It's been rolling around for a while now, and they all think that that side of the house has got all these, you know, things going on and and Tanisha's running the the show and again it's a whole thing but anyway that's the initial plan well Marty does win the veto and uh you know that makes him a very happy elf this is one happy elf whoa yes yeah so Gino has to decide who he's going to put up to replace Marty Um, And he's trying to decide between Tanisha or Betty. Big shot, little shot. Uh, Well, that's when Helena gets into his head a little bit, reconfirming the idea that there is a big threat on the other side of the house. Um, And then Summer comes in and says, hey, this the big threat. That's me. I've got power. I've got people. If you want to please me and my people, then you'd better put Kyle on the block. You do that. And you will have a bunch of women in this house who want to work with you. I'm telling you. And Gino said, yeah, all right. So he puts up Kyle and uh, sends Kyle home. Now, this week, of course, the whole house has been blown up. So, again, there are a few alliances that are starting to form. There's the Rebel Rejects. There's the True Fuse. All all sorts of weird alliances coming and going as things happen here throughout the week. But nothing that's really going to last we do though get the seeds of what will become the five uh which is of course kevin helena gino jace and marty we'll we'll get to that when it happens but uh we do get the seeds of that uh as kevin integrates himself with the showmance this week 
Gino as the HOH. Kevin being part of the group that blindsided Gino is able to work his way back in, get get all lawyered up and uh, and ingratiate himself with that showmance um, and uh, try to help facilitate the reconciliation between Marty and Gino. Um, and of course, he's later going to try and pull Helena into this. Um, so we do get that movement in the alliance section a little bit. Uh, we also have the siblings, which are formed toward the end of this week. Uh, the siblings is a very short lived group that again, not really worth mentioning considering their ultimate relevance, but, uh, they are a thing. It included Jess, Betty, uh, Summer and Tanisha. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get to, uh, talking about Betty, but, um, again, no real relevance overall. Uh, we then, um, oh, and I forgot to mention uh, the, the Stockwatch ratings. How could I forget? I was going to mention the Stockwatch ratings every week. Well, in week two, when Marty was HOH, Josh got a five. Um, and that's because it seemed like he had potential, but he wasn't really talking game with people and people didn't really trust him too much. In week three, Josh got a four because he was on the block and uh, it was looking like he was going to stay. But it was looking like also like the ramifications of our concerns from prior weeks were really coming into play. And a lot of the good stuff that happened to Josh toward the tail end of that week hadn't happened yet. Here in week four with Gino as the HOH. Um. He, he gets a six uh, and that's because he survived the week prior. It really solidified his uh, relationships and he's starting to talk more game with people and things are starting to look a little better for Josh overall. Now, here's what Josh was doing during week four. Uh, Gino wants to make peace with Josh. Gino just got blindsided. He just tried to vote Josh out and it didn't work. Um, and he's got a lot of enemies. Josh is not one of the enemies that he would like to stay an enemy. So he tries to make peace. He tries to offer some uh, an, an olive branch. But uh, but it doesn't really go anywhere. This happens on day 23 and it happens a few more times, specifically with Jace. There's often conversations between the showmance and Josh uh, about hey, maybe we'll do something. Maybe we'll work together at some point. It never really comes to fruition, though, uh, until much later and at Betty's behest. So we'll get there when it happens. Josh does, though, continue to get closer to Kevin. Um, on day 21, day 23, and day 25, we see numerous conversations between Josh and Kevin as they get closer and closer and more and more strategically linked. Um, Kevin finally floats the idea of an alliance to Josh on day 25, mentioning Helena as somebody that they could work with um, and saying, Betty, probably we would love to work with her, but she's a little too attached to Summer and Tanisha, so maybe sometime in the future, but for now, we should stick with lower numbers. Um, Josh mentions to Kevin that he's the only person in the game that he can talk to on a strategic level, and this is, again, very important to understanding why Josh goes with Kevin for so long here in the game. Uh, now, on day 26... Josh is also going to be approached by Herman with a, an idea for a final two. Uh, Herman has been struggling to, to, to breathe here in the game a little bit, uh, after the whole Kyle incident. Uh, his whole, all of his alliances have been blown up. His game is on fire and he needs some new structure. He's been trying to create structure and everywhere he turns, it just keeps falling apart. Uh, in part because Kevin is often there 
tearing it apart. Um, and so he gets to Josh and he feels like, oh, Josh, how about you? Will you work with me? How about a final two? And Josh says yes. Now, of course, we know that this is also going to be torn apart by Kevin eventually, but it does have a little bit of relevance for the short term. And so there we go. We head into week five. Josh has a shiny new final two. In week five, Jess wins the HOH and Kevin really gets to work here. He wants Herman out and convinces Jess to nominate both Herman and Moose with Herman as the target. Uh, Herman, though, he wins the veto. Whoops. As a backup target, Kevin convinces Jess to nominate Tanisha uh, and then orchestrates a split vote to blindside and send home Tanisha uh, with five votes on one side, four on the other. And uh, and that really solidifies two sides of the house. Now, there's a lot of details here. So the alliances that happen because of this, Kevin solidifies the five. This is when it really comes into play. The five are himself, Helena, Marty, Gino and Jace. Um, they come together because they are the five votes to evict Tanisha. Kevin intentionally makes sure that it's a slim margin here and that only those five vote so that they feel bonded in that process, right? Um, There are five people that don't really want to work together for the most part, but he forces them together because it's what's best for his game at this time. Uh, He also is going to create the crash test dummies this week by pitching for Josh to help orchestrate this split vote. Uh, making sure that he has somebody on the other side, keeping track of things and watching out for him. Uh, with Jess nominating Tanisha and Helena voting her out, the, both the Mandams and the siblings are pretty much over entirely by this point, uh, and there's no real replacement for them. But there's enough connective tissue in the relationships that still exist between Herman, Moose, Josh, Summer, and Betty that they do continue to be kind of like loosely working together um, as the group that was blindsided by this vote but nothing really official and they never like fully form anything else. Um, Herman though is still trying to get something formed. He's trying to make something work. He's been trying to, or- he's been trying to organize an alliance with Gino and Jace. He's been trying to organize an alliance with Josh and, and Moose and uh, all of these things. Herman's got an issue with summer throwing competitions. That's a, that's a whole aside at this point. So Tanisha is going to be evicted, but What is Josh doing this week? How is Josh involved in all of this? Well, Jess was skeptical of Josh after uh, a couple weeks of feeling like they were working closely with Josh and not feeling like that relationship was very reciprocated. Um, Kevin, though, when talking to Jess, says, yes, Josh has said some things about you, like he doesn't think you can keep a secret. But don't worry, I think you can work on this relationship. He gives them some advice on how to work on the relationship with Josh. This happens on day 27. Also on day 27, um, Josh mentions that he would prefer for Moose to leave over Herman. He campaigns to Jess to try and make that happen because he's got a final two with Herman. So obviously he would prefer for Moose to leave. That's not really going to stick, though. Herman is going to primarily be the target up until he wins the veto. Now, Kevin is going to strike here again. While the iron's hot, he proposes that him, Josh, and Helena secretly work together in what eventually becomes the crash test dummies. He plays a role, uh, he plays his role, and he votes Moose out, knowing that Tanisha will be leaving, and Kevin helps facilitate the relationship between Josh and Betty. So this, this, uh, this alliance, this all happens day 31. Um, and the plan is for, again, Josh to be on the side of Betty, Summer, Herman, and Moose, uh, all voting uh, to keep 
Tanisha now, of course, Moose is not voting, but um, but to be generally on that side, to keep Tanisha, knowing that Tanisha will actually leave. Josh never had a very good relationship with Tanisha and definitely preferred to work with Kevin over anyone else at this point in the game. Uh, so he goes along with the plan. He is a, a bit worried that Gino and Jace and them will be mad at him for not going with them uh, and potentially go after him. Kevin assures him, don't worry, I will look out for you on that side when that happens. So that's the plan. The crash test dummies are in play and uh, and moving forward, they will be working together very closely. The problem is, as we see on day 33, Kevin and Helena don't intend to actually include Josh in many of their plans and ideally they will just string him along until they cut him before the end game we saw how well that worked out so we head into week five uh week five part two at least and it's the safety chain double eviction not a whole lot to talk about here but moose wins the prime safety the beginning of the chain i don't know whatever you want to call it and then the the safety chain goes as follows. He gives safety to Herman, who gives it to Josh. Final two, remember? Uh, who gives it to Betty, because that's his public number two. Uh, or number one, I guess. Number two, number one? You're my number two. Would imply that you work for me. You're my number one implies, not that I work for you, but that we're equal partners, mate? We're both number one? What if we said, you're my number 1.5? Because we're both equal. Anyway, Summer gives it, or sorry, Betty gives it to Summer. Summer gives it to Kevin. They've had a great relationship. Kevin gives it to Marty. The play being he knows that Marty will give it to Helena, which he does, leaving Jess, Gino, and Jace vulnerable. Jace then wins the safety competition, leaving Gino and Jess on the block. Josh and Betty are going to discuss potentially flipping the vote on Gino. They discuss it with Kevin, Marty, and Helena. Kevin pushes very hard for it to happen. He gives lots of thumbs ups. Thumbs ups, thumbs up, thumb, thumb ups. Either way, it doesn't end up happening because Betty sees Marty struggling with it on the couch. She backs out of the vote. Marty and Helena aren't aware of that fact. They still vote Gino out and Jess is evicted anyway, which brings us to week six where Marty wins the HOH and he is pissed. He feels like he was tricked into voting for Gino and it was a trap set for him. Uh, so he wants Josh out. He feels betrayed by Josh. He thought he was working well with Josh, and now Josh is using him, trapping him, and getting him to betray Gino for a second time. But with some help from Kevin and Helena, he is led to believe that Betty was the prime conspirator, um, when really Kevin was the prime conspirator. But, uh, but it all gets shifted to Betty to protect Josh, and so he shifts his target to Betty. He nominates Josh and Betty with Betty as the intended target. Kevin then wins the veto and convinces Marty that it's a good idea to backdoor Herman. Uh, again, lots to go into here, but this is not Kevin's recap. Kevin uses the veto on Josh and Marty backdoors Herman. Now, how does this impact the alliances? Well, as Gino and Jace started to drift from the five, the five. Uh, Kevin was able to pull them back in by getting Herman on the block. Herman was trying to pull them away to make a new structure. And Kevin said, nah, nah, get, get Herman on the block. Uh, that said, Gino and Jace still don't like the five. They don't want to work with the five. They never really have. They were forced together by Kevin and Kevin keeps forcing them 
back in every time they try to leave. So, um, every, so basically, um, Betty kind of enters the fray this week. She's on the block against Herman, and she pitches for a final four with Gino, Jace, and Josh. Um, and that's going to create another short-lived alliance. So, yay! Herman is then evicted. So what is Josh doing throughout the week? Well, with the help, again, of Kevin and Helena, he is narrowly going to avoid blame for targeting Gino in the double eviction. Um, Betty was the target even when Josh was still on the block. Um, and we see the evidence of this here on day 34. A lot of Kevin um, doing the work here to convince Marty that Betty is the one at fault, not Josh. Uh, Kevin is also going to, on day 34, convince, help, uh, to start to convince Josh that taking Herman out is what's best for the crash test dummies overall, even though Josh doesn't really want Herman to go still because Herman saved him in the safety chain and he's got a final two with Herman. But he ultimately agrees that Herman leaving is what's best for the crash test dummies. On day 37, Josh does try to convince Marty to not target him or Betty, but uh, he is not super successful. Um, basically, just trying to reconcile the relationship um, now that you know things have changed with the veto. Um, and, uh, and, and that Kevin has the veto. He's trying to basically get Marty to be okay with nominating Herman or nominating somebody that would help save Betty. Um, ultimately, though, Josh doing the work here is not going to be enough. And Marty is still uh, against Josh and Betty, even after he goes against Herman. It's going to be Kevin that is able to get Herman on the block. Kevin is also going to fully flip Josh against Herman by trapping Herman. After Herman tried to get Kevin to not use the veto, uh, he goes to Josh and says, hey, Herman Herman just tried to get me to not use the veto. And then when Josh questioned Herman about it later, Herman interpreted the conversation differently to Josh. Uh, and that really cemented that not only was Josh against Herman and willing to send Herman home, which is what Kevin wanted, but it also really cemented their relationship. It's at this time that Josh tells Kevin, I love looking at you every time I see you. It's just amazing. Uh, so this is all going to happen here on day 37. On day 39, he is going to help campaign for Betty, uh, to stay with Summer when Betty's up on the block against Herman. And then on both day 39 and day 40, uh, we're going to see that Betty is going to propose pitch an alliance with Gino and Jace that includes Josh um, and uh, and then solidify one even when Josh isn't there because he no shows at the meeting. Um, So all the credit to Betty on this one. Uh, Betty really puts ends up putting Josh in a really crushing position. And this is the high point in my eyes of Josh's strategic positioning um he gets an eight in the stock watch this week he got a seven last week during jess's hoh um because of all of the things happening that week uh with his position advancing but it's at this point that he gets an eight average uh in the stock watch it's his highest point of the game thus far um because we haven't rated him ever since the final four stuff but um it's a very good position for him he's locked in with gino and jace He's locked in with Kevin and Helena. He's got Betty and um, and Summer still on board. Um, and Moose still, with Herman leaving, is going to feel like Josh is one of the only people he has as well. That only leaves Marty. Marty's the only person now who's anti-Josh. Um, so, and Marty can't even compete. 
because he was just HOH. So Josh is looking very nice here moving forward into week seven where Gino wins the HOH and the alliance with uh, with jo- Gino and Jace that Betty orchestrated comes in clutch here because Gino is not going to touch either Josh or Betty. He wants Marty out. He's done with him. And in order to get Marty out, he's going to nominate Summer and Moose for eviction as pawns, um, not touching Josh or Betty, not touching, of course, uh, Kevin or Helena either. These two are the easy choices for pawns here at this point. Uh, because he feels like he's got Josh and Betty on one side and he's got Kevin and Helena on the other side. And at this point, Kevin and Helena don't know that this secret alliance exists between Gino, Jace, Betty, and Josh. Um, so with Moose and Summer on the block, uh, Helena is going to win the veto. Upset some of the plans here because she doesn't want to use it. She wants to protect Marty. With the veto in hand, her and Kevin are ultimately able to convince uh, Jace and Gino that maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't backdoor Marty. Maybe Moose should go. And so because of that, even when Jace ends up getting this secret power veto, she does not use it. And Marty stays safe and seals Moose's fate. But you got to be careful of sealing Moose's fate because there is a Moose curse. Uh, that exists somewhere. Um, but either way, it's like, where is Where's it? Where's Moose? I don't know, but it's definitely a Moose curse. Uh, you don't want to evict him, unanimously. And a landslide unanimous vote. <laughs> um, anyway, with, uh, with Moose in some trouble here, the alliances again are starting to, uh, to shift a little bit. Uh, Gino and Jace do start drifting toward Helena and Kevin away from Josh and Betty. And there's a reason why that we'll get to very soon. Um, While Josh and Betty at the same time are kind of deciding that they would like to turn on Gino and Jace pretty soon. So that, again, short-lived alliance, but it helped certainly Josh and Betty survive this week. Um, The crash test dummies are fully in charge of the game at this point, uh, with Josh fully on board, giving them all the information they need to succeed um, and willing to do whatever it takes to advance their position. They are able to really uh, run the show here for the week. Um, Josh is going to get a seven in the stock watch this week, a little bit downgraded from his position the week prior. One of the reasons why is that at first, Josh was very pumped to evict Marty. We see this in day 42. He was like, If Kevin or Helena win that veto, they better use it because we need to get rid of Marty. Because why wouldn't he? Again, Marty's the only person in the game that's anti-Josh. He's got everybody else. He's in a crushing spot if Marty leaves. Um, But he gives up this crushing spot by divulging all of it to Kevin. Um, This is this is uh, the beginning of some some not great stuff here from uh from josh in terms of the loyalty that he is going to give to kevin we we hear this so i'm spilling the tea to kevin and that's really the sort of you know catchphrase of josh uh this week he exposes the backdoor plan for marty which uh helps you know give Helena, the information that she needs to not only not use the veto, but gives both Helena and Kevin the information that they need to convince uh, Gino and Jace when they didn't even know that they needed to convince them to not use the secret power of veto as well. Um, 
because they didn't know that this plan, if they hadn't known that this plan was in place, they wouldn't have been making the arguments against going with the plan. And the plan probably would have gone through. Um, not only that, though, that he, but he also tells Kevin about his alliance with um, Betty, Gino and Jace, which, again, gives Kevin the ammunition he needs to weasel his way in closer with Gino and Jace than Kevin, uh, than Betty and J- Josh are, which helps uh, again, helps Kevin and Helena hurts Josh and Betty. Um, and then on top of that here, this is all taking place day 43, 44 and 45. Kevin is also going to convince Josh that Marty should stay. Uh, despite the fact that Marty is still targeting him, Kevin is able to get Josh on board with the idea that keeping uh, Marty around is best for Josh's game. And even Josh agrees by the end of this week. Um, so with the information that Josh gives Kevin on day 43 and 44, Kevin is able to help uh, again, both him and Helena uh, and some of, you know, Gino and Jace's decisions uh, alone, uh, ultimately able to supplant the Josh and Betty alliance with himself and Helena there with Gino and Jace. Uh and day 44, sorry, day 45 and day 46, Josh is going to help sink Moose by revealing that Moose wants an alliance with him in the showman's. This is when Moose was on the block against Summer. Uh, Moose is trying to pitch to Josh that, hey, we should work with the showman's. We should make some kind of alliance. Either way, you're the only person I have in this game at this point, Josh, and I want to work with you. Josh didn't really want to work with Moose, didn't want to work with the showman's, and he gives this information to Kevin and Helena, who were considering flipping the vote to keep Moose. But ultimately, Moose is going to go uh, home um, in part because of this information. On day 47, we are going to see that Kevin is finally starting to consider might be time to start thinking about cutting Josh. Um, either it was just getting time uh, to getting time to do it or he was a little worried about the fact that had Josh not told, you know, decided to tell him had Josh not told him about those things. If he had been like, I'm going to keep this from Kevin, uh, the alliance with Gino and Jace, the backdoor plan for Marty, Kevin and Helena might have fallen behind in this game. Um, And so if Josh ever decides to go off on his own, strike it big solo, that's dangerous. Uh, And he got lucky this time. Will he get lucky another time? No, you won't. Actually, he will at least one more time. But then he really pushed his luck. Either way, he starts plotting to evict either Josh or Gino next. They are the big targets, um, and he's going to start planting seeds with multiple people in the house here on day 47 to make sure that at least one of those things happens. So we head into week eight, where Marty wins the HOH, and ooh, this is not looking great for Josh because Marty wants to target Betty and Josh again. Keeping Marty was not a good play, for Josh at least. Now, again, Kevin and Helena are going to put in work to protect Josh, make sure that the target's at least on Betty for now, although they are considering the idea of taking Josh out if things stay the same. Uh, this time, though, Marty started starts to catch on. He caught Kevin and Josh having a conversation that seemed suspicious, and he's starting to feel like Kevin and Helena and Josh might have something secret. He's got a hunch. His gut is telling him something. Um, But his primary target is still Betty. He's just going to nominate Betty and Josh. That's the plan. Things go a little wrong, though, for Marty when Summer gets safety from Canada and Betty wins the veto. This puts Marty in the tough position of having to nominate somebody from the five. His instinct is to put Kevin on the block because he's become suspicious again that Kevin is working with Josh and might flip the vote. Spoiler alert, 
You will. Kevin and Helena, though, work very hard to convince him that Jace is just as likely to flip on Kevin as Kevin is to flip on Jace or Gino. Uh, And Kevin promises Marty on his marriage that he will not flip this vote. Again, he will. Um, So Marty's solution is to have the remaining three uh, people in the five, not including Gino, draw gummy bears. And the person that draws the red gummy bear will go on the block. Gino, though, is given the option. If you want to, you can put your gummy bear in the mix. Gino says, yeah, sure. And then Gino draws the red gummy bear. Now, this is obviously a pivotal moment in Josh's game here, as many things are happening. Uh, The Gino and Jace alliance with Josh and Betty is completely dissolved at this point. Gino and Jace are focusing all of their efforts on Marty to keep themselves safe, and they have completely given up on Josh and Betty. Uh, the crash test dummies, though, remain strong. We are still getting lots of... So I'm spilling the tea to Kevin. ...happening here this week. Uh, though, again, Kevin and Helena are contemplating uh, sending Josh out over Gino, even though Gino goes up on the block next to Josh. Uh, they're now ha- they now have both of their targets on the block, and they do consider the idea of sending Josh home Ultimately, they decide to send Gino home. But even sending Gino home, they're now thinking about how do we get Josh out soon after this. Um, we also see that uh, with Gino and Jace on the block, J- uh, sorry, Gino and Josh on the block, Jace starts to work on pulling Betty back in, this time with Summer. Um, and it's an interesting play that almost works, except Kevin and Helena counter it by providing the information that Jace had the secret veto, and they concoct a story in which Jace and Gino were lying to Josh and Betty the whole week, saying that they were going to backdoor Marty when they never had the intention to, and the proof that they never had the intention to is that Jace did not use the secret power of veto. The reality is that if one of the people who would have used the veto had used it, Josh would have gone on the block, because the real target was either Moose or Josh, depending on the circumstances of the veto. It's a believable enough story, and it's sold well enough that all of Josh, Summer, and Betty are taken in by it, and they they swear off all future showmance and Jace connections, which is going to come very handy here as we move for forward through the triple eviction. Uh, the five, of course, the five, is finally and completely destroyed by this eviction vote when Kevin and Helena turn on Gino, sending him out over josh um so again what is josh doing this week well his rating has again taken a hit down from the seven the previous week to an average of a six part of it is because he's on the block and kevin and helena are considering evicting him at the time of the rating um and also he doesn't really have a lot to do this week uh he is entirely reliant on the crash test dummies and and really reliant on fate i mean he got saved by a gummy bear here. It was it was a rough time. Uh, but he's relying on the crash test dummies. It's 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 a crash test gummy that saves his life ultimately. Uh, and he's also fooled into believing that Gino and Jace uh, would have nominated him the week prior. Uh, and that happens on day fifty four. He's also falling in fallen into this story. Uh, they don't let him in on the fact that it's not exactly true. They just let him believe it. And that's really most of what Josh is doing here. Of course, again, with Betty on the block against Josh, 
Josh would have gone home if Kevin had gone up in his place. Now, there's obviously a small chance that things would have flipped on Kevin, but I think we have a lot of reason to believe that Josh was the much more likely person to be evicted here. If uh, if if Marty had stuck to his guns and nominated Kevin, Josh is probably gone. If that gummy bear draw had gone a couple of other ways, Helena or Kevin, it was basically a 50 50 chance whether somebody that Josh would stay went up on the uh, stay against went up on the block or something that Josh would go against went up on the block and lucky for Josh uh the uh, the odds were in his favor that day and he survives the week um despite what Kevin may try and tell you uh so we then head into week 8 part 2 the triple eviction uh heading into the triple eviction Josh is in a pretty decent spot because Jace is probably going to target um Marty Kevin and Helena and, uh, you know, everybody else is just going to target Marty and Jace. Despite that, he does win the HOH. He didn't really need to, but he did anyway. He wants Jace and Marty out. And why wouldn't he? He's in a great spot if they both leave. He's got Summer and Betty on one side. He's got Kevin and Helena on the other side. Um, now he, again, very much intends to stay loyal to Kevin and Helena. So I'm spilling the tea to Kevin. As evidenced by what happens in the triple eviction, he nominates Jace, Marty, and Summer as a pawn, keeping Betty, Kevin, and Helena off the block. He does face some heat from Summer, but uh, but ultimately it should be fine. Um, he won't really have Summer anymore, probably, but uh, Summer's probably the least likely to win a competition at this point. So if Jace and Marty leave, it's it's a good thing for him. But Jace wins the veto, and this forces Josh to nominate one of his closer allies. It's got to be either Kevin, Helena. Or Betty. We've, we've of course talked this to death already over the course of the season. Ultimately, he chooses the crash test dummies to stay loyal to, um, and he decides to nominate Betty. Um, and uh, oh boy, this is uh, it's it's rough. It's rough. It's uh, it's it's a difficult thing to do, but he does it. He's he's so just I'm spilling the tea to Kevin. Spilling the key the tea to Kevin, um, and. Uh, and that's it. Um, so Betty on the block. Ultimately, we see Summer and Marty evicted and we head into week nine where Betty wins the HOH. She wants to target Jace, uh, but she also wants to put Josh on the block. Now, she wants to target Jace because of the whole secret veto thing that happened the week before. Kevin and Helena putting in that work uh, and um, and also developing a relationship enough with Betty where she feels like she doesn't want to put either of them at risk. The person she does want to put at risk is Josh because he just put her at risk and she's pretty upset about it. Um, so she nominates Jace and Josh. Helena then wins the veto, doesn't use it. And ultimately, after a lot of things, we see that Jace is evicted. Now, let's get into some of those things. First of all, in terms of alliances, Kevin and Helena are going to create a new final three with Betty, which at first she's into, but then she realizes that something is up and she reconciles with Josh, figures out that Kevin's been playing them all and flips Josh against Kevin, um, but still wants Jace out throughout all of it. So a lot of movement for one week, a new final three that's then broken, now a new final two and breaking up the crash test dummies all in one go. Now, Kevin has also thrown Josh under the bus to ensure that he goes up on the block, which is what gave Betty the ammunition she needed to flip Josh against him. It shouldn't have mattered because him and Helena were done with the crash test dummies at this point and they were prepared to cut Josh. The problem is they went back and forth and 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 ultimately decided to keep Josh 
and try to ride the crash test dummies out for one more round. Just one more test. One more crash test, you dummy. It was one round too many. Uh, they had pushed their luck too far um, because Josh uh, is, is not going to help him out here. Now, this week in the stock watch, Josh is going to plummet yet again. He's going to get a four average score. This is because, first of all, he trashed his game in the triple eviction by nominating both Summer and Betty. And then he's almost sent home because of it. His jury management is looking terrible. Um, and at the time of the rating, he was the one that was supposed to go home. Um, he also didn't talk to Betty. Uh, here on day 56, we see this happen that he didn't talk to Betty at all the whole night after the triple and most of the day leading up to the nominations. Um, he only, he, he finally talked to Betty on day 56, uh, shortly before the nominations, which all but ensured that he would be one of those nominations, barely offered any resistance to it. Um, leaving himself vulnerable on the block for what nearly was his doom in the game. Day 57 and 58, uh, he is finally able to reconcile with Betty where she flips him against Kevin, but he still did not reveal anything about the crash test dummies. On day 61, after Kevin and Helena told Betty that they're voting Josh out, Betty fills Josh in uh, on the fact that they're sending him home, and he is able to convince Kevin and Helena to keep him by promising that he will throw the final four HOH and ultimately survives by the skin of his teeth here. Um, and, uh, and that's pretty much his week here at, uh, at the final five. It's time for today's lucky land horoscope with Victoria cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land. You know what they say? Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From there, we head into the, uh, the, 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 the week 10. Week 10. Great week. For Josh. Because Josh, the thing about the promise is that... Um, the fact that these two believe me right now is truly hilarious. I'm lying through my teeth, and you know what? Not only am I going to win the next HOH, but when I do, I'm throwing their asses onto the block. And he did. He won the HOH. He didn't put them both on the block, but he did win the final four HOH, at which point Kevin realized that he screwed up. Uh, he nominated... Kevin and Betty, the only reason he nominated Betty was because Betty proposed that by nominating her, it gave them more of a chance that if, say, Kevin won the veto, he might evict Helena because she's too threatening for having never touched the block. Doesn't really matter. Neither does the, neither do the nominations, really. Ultimately, Josh is also going to win the final four veto, and he told Betty before the feeds went down that he does intend to use the veto on her and give her the sole vote to evict. Now, they did discuss who um, they wanted uh, to leave very briefly. Betty said that her gut is telling her to evict Kevin, even though it doesn't make the most amount of sense. Um, 
It's unclear what Josh thinks about it. Betty made it clear that Josh could basically decide who left, um, but we don't know exactly who Josh wants to go. We've heard from Josh in the diary room and in the house here. uh, We've heard him say that he really wants to to evict Kevin because after Betty revealed to him all of the things or opened his mind to all of the ways that Kevin was playing him, a.k.a. Kevin threw you under the bus um, and wanted you gone last week. Uh, he's been wanting revenge, revenge on Kevin. Um, but uh, but he also did mention in the conversation with Betty that he thinks that Helena is a bigger competition threat. So at this time, the feeds went down and uh, we do not know who has been evicted between Kevin or Helena. Um, so either way, doesn't really matter because Betty and Josh did make it clear that they were going to be taking each other to the final two. No matter what, friends for life, that's definitely what they both intend to do. If they're both being truthful, Josh has at least a two out of three chance to be in the final two with Betty, where he very probably wins the game, um, given the the makeup of the jury at this time. Um, we are looking at uh, Gino, Jace, and Marty have all said very complimentary things of Josh's game. None of them are super high on Betty's game. Um, in addition to that, Josh will have likely won many competitions in the lead up to this. Um, and if Betty is the one to take Josh, that could make things even worse. Uh, and if Josh is the one to take Betty, then again, he's just won a bunch of those competitions. Um, those are three people very likely to vote for Josh at this point. In addition to that, Kevin and Helena will both be on the jury. And unless they are really bitter, which is possible, but not super likely considering their status as, you know, mastermind betrayers and fans, um, they will also likely be votes for Josh. And that's five out of the gate. Helena uh, or Betty would need to uh, get all of Summer, Moose and Herman against Josh in order to stand any kind of chance at that point. Um, And it's not even super locked in that she would get uh, Moose or Herman, although I do think she has a very good chance. Um, But if Josh has won final uh, triple eviction HOH, final four HOH, final four veto and final three HOH, I think it might be tough. So. Either way, Josh is in a very good position here to potentially win this game. Um, and that's where we are. That's where we stand. So let's let's just give a quick, quick recap of all of that. Even more condensed version of what we're seeing here. Um, this is Josh's game. He comes in strong. He won safety in the first HOH, put himself in a position to be included in the big alliance to start the game. Great stuff. Uh, however... He didn't talk much game with anyone in the first few weeks, which slowly started to uh, shift his position downward in the game until he was outright targeted as early as week three. Uh, But two things saved him. One, Kyle was an absolute mess. And two, he had good social bonds. So he survives week three. And on the back of that, he learned that he needed to get a little more involved in the strategic side of the game. His relationship with Kevin is where he really started exploring that area. Uh, and they started doing some light scheming here and there. Uh, with this, people started to approach Josh more often. He was able to convert some of those social bonds into more strategic ones. Finally, in week five, Kevin proposes the crash test dummies, and Josh is finally able to dive headfirst into some more strategic gameplay under the guidance of Kevin. And this is both 
amazing for Josh's game and also bad for it at the same time. Uh, and that's because Josh is able to temporarily lead Josh to great heights of strategic positioning in the game and is a huge part of keeping Josh safe in the coming weeks. Uh, but Kevin is simultaneously sabotaging Josh's power base and making him more and more reliant on Kevin as time goes on uh, when when Josh willingly gives up some of that power to Kevin. And Josh is happy to do so and happy to follow Kevin into his demise, essentially. Um, week six is a, is a good example of this because Josh is straight up saved by Kevin's work, not only convincing Marty to target Betty over Josh, but then straight up just using the veto on Josh uh, to keep him off the block. And he's then happily convinced that, uh, not happily convinced, but he's convinced that Herman is no good for him and happily sends him out, even though Herman was kind of good for Josh at that point. Um, but it's okay because Josh can't afford to lose Herman. Uh, with the positioning he's won by working with Kevin and, and maintaining his social bonds in the way that he has, uh, that combination of Kevin's sort of guidance, working with Kevin strategically and having these great social bonds is really paying off. And he can afford to lose a, a player like Herman, especially when Betty really enters the fray and gets him into an alliance with Gino and Jace, helping keep him safe uh, heading into week seven. It's at this point that Josh really could take off his Kevin training wheels uh, and start running the game on his own if he really wanted to. All he would need to do is foster the relationship with Jace and Gino, ensuring that Marty goes home by keeping them all on the same page, and then he's basically got control of the whole house, and Kevin and Helena are entirely reliant on Josh, and Josh really can take the reins. Instead, though, he he he, he gives Kevin all the tea. So I'm spilling the tea to Kevin. And he gives Kevin those reins. He says, Kevin... I think these are yours. And Kevin's, oh, thank you. And Kevin uses that information to weasel back in with Gino and Jace, convince them and Josh to not take out Marty, even though Marty is a huge threat to Josh's game at this point. Marty then we wins the HOH in week eight, and and uh, Betty wins the veto, which could have been the end of Josh's game, if not for Canada uh, saving Summer and, uh, and Gino drawing a red gummy bear. Canada saving Summer could also have put Josh in some danger, but again, there's a chance that things could have flipped on Josh at that point. Uh, either way, Josh is very much helpless to whatever the gummy bears decided that week, um, and uh, luckily for him, they decided, you're good. Um, after surviving week eight, he's back into a crushing position because Gino just left and he's now got Summer and Betty on one side, Kevin and Helena on the other side, and just Marty and Jace in the way. He wins the triple eviction HOH, tries to get rid of them both, gets a bit unlucky though because Jace wins the veto, at which point he makes a huge blunder by nominating Betty instead of Helena, which almost destroys his entire game. Luckily for him, Betty catches on to Kevin and Helena because if she didn't, Things would have been much worse for him uh, and reconciles with him in time for the final four, as well as giving him a heads up that he actually needs to do some work and campaign to Kevin and Helena, which he had not really been just in time for him to convince them to keep him around and saves himself from being evicted at the final five. He then goes on to win the final four HOH and veto, meaning he's won three of the last four competitions he's played in. And it's now looking like he is going to comp out and win the game. So what does that say about Josh? To me, Josh is very reminiscent of, of Lisa from big brother three, the big brother three winner. Uh, they're both socially adept. They're both very smart. They're both very beautiful. Uh, and, um, he, he's somebody that fit in with the majority to begin the game, 
but didn't necessarily have the strategic instincts to succeed. Um, he was picked up by a more strategically adept player who saw his potential and kind of guided him through the game, often to his benefit, but sometimes to his detriment. And he was willing to go in any direction that he was pointed in throughout most of the game. Now, one of the key differences between Josh and Lisa is that unlike Lisa, he was not able to come to his senses on his own. He needed Betty to do it for him. Um, but his competition ability has been able to make up for both his strategic errors and his what is likely poor jury management uh, as the competition prowess is just able to sort of crush down the weeks that he maybe should be paying for some of the errors that he's made in the game. and overshadowing some of the not great jury management that he's done in the game. Uh, you can't ever, ever undersell competition ability in Big Brother. Uh, Josh's biggest strengths in the game, in my eyes, are his competition prowess and his ability to lie very well. Um, he's a difficult person to read. He has a reserved nature uh, to him, and that allows him to withhold information from people that he's bonding with on a personal level. Um to people that he hasn't bonded with, it comes off as sketchy. But once he makes that personal connection, it just seems natural. And you don't question Josh quite as much as you should. Um, and he's good at bonding socially with people as well. Uh, creating those social bonds, competition ability, and great liar. Uh, three big strengths for Josh that have gotten him to where he is today. As a winner, I think he'd be very strong. I think that uh, he's got some solid plays under his belt. He's got some big gaps as well. Again, some flaws in his game, but most, especially Big Brother Canada winners do. Um, like with Lisa, it's impossible to know exactly how he would have performed if Kevin hadn't picked him up in the game. Um, that said, I think that Josh is always going to have a certain level of success when he plays Big Brother. Um, I think he's always going to have some trouble in the beginning as he's sort of learning how to play. And maybe sometimes he gets clipped early when he's not, you know, nominated by a guy who ran, ran his HOH like he was, um, you know, a, an early medieval king or something. Uh, so. There's that. But uh, I do think he'll usually have some success. I do, though, also think it would look very different, his game, without a Kevin there to guide him. I think it would be a very different path to the end, one where he's maybe working with somebody like Herman or um, or something else. Right. Like some other kind of way there uh, that does not involve the kind of, um, you know, middle of the house uh, gameplay that he that he did. I don't think that was really natural to Josh's game style that he would have. I don't think he would have played that way if not for uh, the direction of uh, of Kevin. Right. So. Uh, so that's where we are. Um, a very strong winner, a very strong player uh, with some very uh, big strengths in the game. Not a perfect game. Uh, it got some flaws for sure, but a very interesting one. Um, making some huge mistakes toward the end and uh, and able to kind of like cover them up with competition wins. Uh, a great example of uh, be, just being really, really good at. I mean, Josh is they've talked about it and like he's he's perfect they call him perfect all the time he's very smart he's very athletic 
And um, and even though he was performing very well in competitions throughout the season, they all still underestimated his ability to win comps, uh, which is uh, which is not great. And even though he didn't know that he needed to campaign for most of the week at the final five, once he did, he was able to, again, lie convincingly and uh, and get Kevin and Helena to believe that he was willing to throw that final four HOH, which ultimately saves his life. And that's it. That's uh, that's that's where we're at with Josh's game. I hope you enjoyed this recap. I hope you found it valuable. Let me know uh, if you if you liked the the format, the formula uh, of this particular one. I think we're clocking in at roughly uh, just over an hour. Um, so uh, I feel like that's I feel like that's pretty good. Time. I really just I wanted to make sure sh- I want to make it more cohesive while still maintaining the level of detail um, and like just sort of fact driven um, methods that, uh, that I normally would have. Um, I, I, I don't want to get lost in the details and lost in the weeds, but I want to be able to refer to them if possible. Um, so that's what I got for Josh's game. Thank you all so much for joining me. I will be back to talk more about the rest of the remaining players, Betty, uh, Kevin, and Helena, um, uh, you know, potentially. Uh, so we will see what happens there. But um, but that's what I've got. Check out all the remaining Big Brother coverage we have coming your way. Find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taryn Armstrong. I'm always hanging out on there, watching episodes of Big Brother or Survivor or maybe The Challenge or The Amazing Race or whatever else is on TV. Um, and also chatting about weird stuff like uh, like going over people's games of Big Brother. So uh, find me over there, twitch.tv slash Taryn Armstrong. You can also find me on Twitter at Armstrong Taryn. Thank you all so much for joining me here today and I will see all of you next time it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with Victoria Cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin so go to luckylandslots.com to play over a hundred social casino style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes get lucky today at luckylandslots.com available to players in the u.s excluding washington and michigan no purchase necessary vgw group void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin so go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes get lucky today at luckylandslots.com available to players in the u.s excluding washington and michigan no purchase necessary vgw group void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.